0: Welcome to episode 6 of Born and Red. On this week's episode, we
1: are reviewing the game against Southampton. Yeah, we're trying to be a little bit more positive and picking out some uh, shining lights from, from the recent disappointments in Daniel James and Aaron wan But don't get us wrong, there's always time to
0: diss Jesse Lingard. We'll have a moan as well about Marcus Rashford. And we'll look back uh, on the old-school squad of the 90s and noughties and what is missing from this present-day squad.
1: We'll have a discussion about the Europa League.
0: And finally, we'll look forward to our next game against Leicester. Welcome to episode six of Born and Red, a podcast about Manchester United. Uh, Ryan, um, I was fairly or unfairly maligned uh, for the last episode being too negative, too ranty, too ravey, so uh, I'm going to let you give me some positives about the fact um, that we did not do particularly well against Southampton, go um,
1: I only have two positives from recent performances and they are Dan James and Aaron wan Okay so uh, you've not included Harry Maguire within that, why not um, although he's not done particularly badly, um, I think that other than the first game that he played for us, he has not pulled up any trees. I honestly feel like, and we'll come on to Lindelof a bit later on. Although, from looking at it in isolation, it looks like Lindelof is making a couple of mistakes here and there. It's a central, def- central defensive partnership, and as good as they were in the first game, I think it's just it's, it's it's not been impressive the last couple of games, and I honestly don't feel like he has made that much of a difference. That's uh, that's disappointing. You know, it's why it's disappointing. It's it
0: took me about three seconds to turn uh, from positives uh, to negatives. You know, <laughs> McGuire, um, so let's go back to the positives. And I, I yeah, I agree with McGuire. We might come on to yeah, and Lindelof and that. Uh, sort of defensive partnership. Right, Daniel James. Um, yeah, come on. I mean, 15 million. Uh, he's scored a couple of belters already. And I think more importantly, we saw against Southampton that he has end products in both finishing and uh, his crossing
1: as well, getting past players and getting some really great balls into the box. Yeah, no, I agree. As much as we said in the first few games that we were encouraged by by his work rate and his pace and Um, and his general attitude, but we were wanting to see a bit more in terms of end product. I feel like we've seen um, that in in spades in the last, well, especially against Southampton. Uh, The the stunning goal aside, um, he had a couple of other really thunderous shots on target as well, which, um, you know, really dangerous. And uh, yeah, end product, like you say, with with the crossing as well. And if if we had a number nine playing up front, they might have (laughs) one or two of them. So,
0: yeah, right. Um,
1: this is uh,
0: this is starting to be a bit of a contentious issue. Uh, Marcus Rashford, um, he had that fantastic spell when only came in. He looked like the player. We all kind of know he is and can become. Bear in mind the fact he's 21 years old. He's still incredibly young. He just feels like he's old because he's been around for ages. That said, ever since the Liverpool game, when uh, I think he picked up an injury and I'm not sure he fully recovered maybe until the start of this season he's looked out of sorts he's not been finishing he's not been been influencing games quite how you would expect him to Uh, do you see a problem with Marcus Rashford do you think something's going wrong there or is it just a case of he's young and we need to give him time and he's going to have these ebbs and flows you know for the next potentially couple of seasons
1: I think I think there's a couple of ways you can look at it. I mean, certainly he's, he is still only young, um, and every player develops at different sort of stages in their uh, you know physical development and things like that. Not every player bursts onto the scene like Wayne Rooney at 16, the full package, and 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 you know progresses from there. You've got some some players that don't even sort of like hit the top level until they're like 27, 28, and you know that they're playing for unknown clubs before that because they haven't quite reached a level that that they haven't cre- quite fulfilled their potential. Marcus Rashford is unlucky in that sense in that he has come through at Manchester United where this spotlight is on him um, from day one and yeah he, he, he is young. On the other hand he has been in and around the first team and getting consistent game time for three years and it wouldn't bother me so much that he is a bit here miss because yeah, he's got bags of talent there. You can see he's got potential and it looks like he's gone away this, this summer and worked hard on, on the physical side of things. Cause he, he does seem a bit hard to push off the ball now. But the thing that really cheesed me off was him, his agent, the club, whatever, somehow coming, coming to agreement on this massive contract for somebody that is, in my opinion, no more than a hot prospect he is is not proven enough to be commanding however much was it was it, 200 odd thousand pounds a week um and i think that's probably systemic in our club in terms of the wage structure and, and and what we are offering people and yeah granted it probably would have cost us uh at least that much or to replace him but i just, I just don't think he had, he had done that yet do
0: you, do you blame, can you really blame the player and the agent, though, for getting, more, like, for getting more money? Like Asking for it is one thing. But at the end of the day, Woodward uh, and um, oh, what's his name? Is it Matt Judge, um, who I think is also sort of in charge in that kind of realm of player negotiations. If they're the ones saying, OK, you can have it. Like you just said, it's entirely down to the club, isn't it? And, and the structure yeah. within
1: the club. And that's why I included the club in the three people that I was not impressed with. But ju- just as much, Rashford and his agent, they're, they're going to the club and saying, no, nah, no, nah, he's worth, he's worth £200,000 a week or whatever, when in reality, he, he, he was on a decent contract already. I'm sure United were giving him a, whatever, 20, 30% pay rise for the next one as well. He's... He is he is a hot prospect, but I've not seen anything yet that shows me that he's taking that step from being a hot prospect to a top class player. I, I no, I, I completely agree, and I, th- I think the problem is
0: is that as we uh, as we've picked up on, um, he's been around the first team for a few years. He I think because of that there is expectation. I mean. Rightly or wrongly, I go on Twitter a lot and, you know, I try and get a broad spectrum of, of views, not just from, you know, the kind of people that we like match going reds, just like a good, good spectrum of views. And some of the, like, like let's put aside the, the racism issue, obviously, which is disgusting, some of the just the views about Rashford and about how he's uh, not good enough and, and, and needs to, you know, leave and he's never going to be good enough. I think that's over the top. Um, because he, uh, you've got you've got to look at his age. You've got to look to, look at the fact he's 21. I mean, do you think he's going to make it? And by make it, I mean, is he going to be United's top striker for the next five, six, seven, eight,
1: nine years? I certainly don't see Wayne Rooney's goal record in any trouble from Marcus Rashford. Um, I think, as a byproduct of where we are at the moment, I. Battling for top six rather than challenging for titles, I think he will become a valuable member of our squad. And just because we're not going to be able to attract better, more exciting players that kind of fit that you know homegrown, knows what United's about kind of mold, so I do think he'll be in and around the team for the next five, six, seven years. Um, but I, I don't see him ever scoring more than fifteen goals a season. I really don't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I
0: get It's really hard for me to disagree. Um, uh, again, Rashford, he burst onto the scene, uh, under, under Louis. Um, and he has got the attributes to potentially be a top striker. Uh, he can finish when, when, you know, he's not rushing things. He's obviously got great pace, He's he's got fantastic skill. We've, we've seen him burn and, and skin defenders plenty of times. Um, thinking back to when he ended Dean McHale's career uh, in the 1-0 win against City a couple of years ago. Um, He he has got the ability to do that. But I do worry, you know, it's almost like a cultural thing within United. And I I place Lingard uh, in this as well. Like, he just, they they give the impression that they have made it already. And I'll tell you what's really interesting. I was watching, I don't know if you heard about it or saw it. There was a Gary Neville and Roy Keane did a long sort of interview uh, for uh, an Irish uh i think it's something to do with charity or something but a two-hour yeah. interview and the only thing it was really fascinating like i i love Keane when he's on for me he's a he's he's fucking brilliant and, and the world definitely needs men like him not too many of them um but the thing that struck me all the way through and the way they were talking about the particularly the trouble winning side but all the sides under fergie is the culture within the dressing room and the amount of leaders that that we had at the time and, and I've said this since Moyes came in and you had the likes of Giggs, Rio, Vida, Gary Neville, Paul Scholes all retiring at the same time. We lost every single leader we had in that dressing room, bar Wayne Rooney, who obviously, you know, left us a couple of seasons ago. Uh, like that for me is the biggest problem we face at United at the moment. There are no leaders. The culture is one of, all right, Oli is starting to play the younger guys, but I just hope they don't get sucked into this. This kind of, we've made it because we're in the first team at United and we're on 100, 200 grand a week. Um, There are no older heads, in my opinion, to put them on the straight and narrow and to set the standards. How... You know, do you agree with that? And how do we correct
1: it? I think it speaks volumes when Ashley Young is your club captain. I think it really does. He, yeah, he. he does, I mean, as as much as like you can clearly see, he puts the effort in and he he runs around shouting and stuff. But he he's not a united leader. You know, he might have been a um, a decent guy to have around the dressing room as a support act to those multiple leaders that you just reeled off, but. He, he in himself is, is, is not not a leader. Um, I do see some leadership in Harry Maguire, but obviously, you know, he's come into a new club. It's going to take him time to, to get his feet under the, the table and uh, establish himself as one of those um, main figures and main leaders in, in the squad. Um, but yeah, like you say, who else is there? D- David De Gea, he wears the armband. That's just through seniority. He's he's not a leader. He doesn't he doesn't even command his own defense, which uh, <laughs> is a big issue for me as well. Aside from that fact, but yeah, I look at the rest of the Pogba, Is he a leader? I don't think so. Not really. He, he might be our best player in terms of ability, but I, I don't I don't see him as a leader either. Um, I'm just trying to think. I I I honestly can't think of any. Any players in our squad that I consider to be um, leadership material? Yeah, um, I think I think Van Gaal recognised
0: it. I think that's the reason he brought in Schweinsteiger. Unfortunately, obviously, he was basically well and truly over the hill by the time we brought him in. But I think that was Louis' attempt to bring some leadership and maturity into the squad. I also think Jose knew it was an area he had to correct as well. And he did, again, bringing in Ibrahimović. Um, well, I would have kept Ebert on purely for dressing room influence and just the character he had. They are the kinds of players uh, that that I think we need right now.
1: Um, I think if it's off yeah. of City United have come get me if you need me is actually genuine. I, I, I'd i I'd, I'd seriously think about it at least for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally
0: agree. Um, just bringing that kind of character back into the dressing room. but But long term, Maybe you're right, maybe the likes of Harry Maguire, obviously James Wambasaka, they both have uh, fantastic attitudes that hopefully won't get sucked out of them. Maybe even the likes of McTominay. You know, I, I'm not all doom and gloom, and we've got to realise that we're not. Is, will we see another squad um, like we had in, in the late 90s again, even, you know, in the double winning team for 708? Probably not, but. We need to aspire to it. And I just hope that, you know, I think Oli will will recognise that. Again, a uh, broader issue, whether he's given the time to correct it, is is another matter. Um, but I, I I do genuinely think that regardless of the talent we bring in, we have to have some leaders. Paul Pogba is the most influential player at the moment, I think, even with the younger players. But I, I agree with your assessment that he's not a leader per se. He's not someone to... Uh, you know, all us by the scuff of the neck and drag them through games.
1: So I think he he has the potential to be a leader, kind of kind of in the mould that Beckham was. Beckham wasn't wasn't the the Roy Keane or the the Gary Neville type of leader, but he, he led by example. I think in his uh, his work rate and his F, ethic on and off the pitch. I mean, you, you could argue that uh, off the pitch, with his celebrity wife, etc. I think I think lesser. Professionals kind of probably would have lost their way a bit but on the footballing side of things he was the supreme professional throughout and that's the kind of leader that Pogba could be but um, yeah, I certainly don't see him like you say, grabbing the, the, the rest of the squad by the scruff of the neck and just dragging him through games like we saw with, with Kino um, and, and the likes of, yeah, Fidic, Ferdinand, Evera, Neville yeah <laughs>
0: and that's the thing again, you know. Right, right up until uh, Moyes came in, we did have um, four, five, six captains in the team at any time, and and I do think we're missing that. So yeah, let's hope Oli addresses it, and and it's one of those things that only time will tell. Um, I want to move on to the Europa League, uh, the uh, Al- Champions League, as I like to refer to it as. Um, we've got Alkmaar, we've got Partizan Belgrade, and uh, we've got Astana of uh, Kazakhstan. Um,
1: yeah, so Mike, and you know me, I, I I go to all the all the home games. Um I don't go to any away games. Any of those European away's uh taking your fancy?
0: Yeah, so uh, Alkmaar's booked
1: and uh, obviously
0: the tickets just been applied for. Um they, they I think the ground only holds about 16,000, so our allocation's going to be pretty small. Uh I'm not on a great deal of credits because I've not been loaded in the last couple of years for sort of family and business reasons. Um, but I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I'll find a way I normally do. Um, partisan, I'm just looking at booking flights at the moment because uh, it's the same ground um, that the Busby Babes played at in uh, 58. Um, and just purely for historical reasons. And also it looks just incredible. There's some YouTube videos of like the Players Tunnel and stuff. And it just looks like, Yeah, it looks phenomenal.
1: So I'm hoping to go to Partizan.
0: Kazakhstan. (laughs) uh... You
1: don't don't fancy a (laughs) round trip the other side of the world and back.
0: No, I mean, even if I had the money to spare and realistically you're talking a a grand for that trip, regardless if you do it off your own back, which we like to do, or go through uh, uh, Thomas Cook. um, Then, yeah, you're you're talking a grand basically or or close to that is going to be for the proper diehard um call reds uh i'm 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 not a uh, you know must get there at any cost kind of guy uh if it's a champions league final or something yeah i'm I'm gonna get there at any cost but that's a little bit out of my budget a little bit out of my uh, travel range so no i don't think i'll be going to the land of borat to see that one um in terms of actually you know should we progress you would think so do you think he's going to play the kids um, I'll, I'll so just, let's let's yeah. talk
1: about this for a second here, both in the context of the Europa League and um, you know the, the the more prevalent competitions, the Premier League and um, FA Cup, if you if you think that's as important or or or, or not. But um, one of the things that disappointed me most about the Southampton game was when we were clearly in need of a goal and and sort of changing it up. Oli turned to Matic and Lingard first off. I I, I couldn't fathom why. Uh, yeah, so
0: when the team sheet came out, uh, you know me, I always look for Lingard, uh, purely in the hope that he's not on it, and he wasn't. So I thought, fantastic. And that, was it a case of bringing Lingard and Matic on, uh, You know, give them enough rope to hang themselves? Because, yet again, Lingard did. Sweet FA. Uh, Matic came out and and it was kind of a thinly veiled attack at all saying, you know, he picks the team and he lives or dies by it, and I've just got to try and prove him wrong because I, I disagree that I should be out of it. I mean, for God's sake, man, like, look at your own limitations. Matic is finished. I don't care what he says. I don't, you know, he's just, his legs have gone. He cannot run that role anymore. Um, so, I don't know, i Really don't know what he's on about. I think he's trying to save a bit of professional face, um, but he, he's finished as far as I'm concerned, Matic. So, do you think it was just a case of all he brought them on just to kind of, you know, prove to himself and the world that these kinds of players they're not good enough and they are going to be gone
1: if have not we, in January. Have we got the scope summer. to do that. I mean, it, we're not picking up points for fun, are we? Surely we've got to do everything we can to to win games, especially when Southampton go down to ten men as well. Um, but anyway, I, I who, who would you've brought on?
0: I mean, I, what was the subs bench? I, I can't remember. Ch- Chong honest, and
1: Greenwood so. were both were both on the bench, and, and Matic and Lingard were both brought on before Chong and Greenwood. There's there's no doubt that we've got an issue in midfield, and and James Garner. Um, we should we should have <laughs> brought somebody, um, in the summer to 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 provide some competition across the board. What's happened to Fred? Where is he? Why is he? He's nowhere <laughs> near the, the the squad. I just I, 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 that aside. Um, based on the bench that that was there, uh, I, I would have yeah, I would have wanted to see. I, I could see what he was doing. He's trying to get Pogba further up the pitch, but you did not need to bring on another defensive midfield player to get that to happen. You you could have just pushed him forward regardless. Um, <laughs> anyway. The Europa League. I, I hope to God that he's 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 playing some of the these youngsters like like Garner and Gomez and, uh, and and Chong and Brandon Williams, so that they can prove to him that they are ready for senior football. Because it, it seems to me like he doesn't quite want to risk them for whatever reason. Um, clearly Greenwood is is the exception that he's been bringing him on a little bit, and I think that's out of necessity uh, more than anything else because we we literally don't have any more strikers. But um, I want to see the likes of Garner getting opportunities ahead of Nemanja Matic, end of story. And if it takes him playing two, three, four games in the Europa League before Oli's convinced that he's ready, then, you know, bring it on quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think also maybe Oli just doesn't want to put too much pressure. Like you have, if you have a certain amount of youngsters on the pitch, the difference in 96 when um, obviously like the Nevels, Skulls, etc. We're starting to be introduced is that there were a lot of seasoned pros already at the club and in the team and a lot of winners in that team there isn't like so those youngsters would be joining the likes of, of Rashford of Martial Um and
1: that, I, I, that's I, I that's, fine maybe though, that's fine by me though because that's fine by me though because they're not replacing winners in Matic and Lingard or whatever I, I mean I think I've <laughs> despite the pre-season sort of optimism that always creeps in for, I don't know why, whatever reason, I have pretty much already written this season off. If we if we manage somehow to scrape into top four, great. We aren't going to get relegated. So therefore I would give these youngsters that I've got a chance of, of making the first team every opportunity of developing this year. Um, because we are, if not standing still, going backwards at an alarming rate if we continue to play the likes, likes of Matic and Young I include Young in that I mean he's he's he, he works hard and everything but when Luke Shaw came off injured and Ashley Young comes on at left back it's just oh god we're back to where we were last season yeah yeah, and it comes down to depth, depth of squad as well and and you know what
0: I, I kind of agree like we need to throw a little bit of caution to the window as you say we're not going to win the league this year obviously um and do do really do we really think that playing the likes of young Matic, lingard uh, are, the, are those players going to get us top four probably not so cut our losses basically fuck them off and start blooding as many youngsters as possible who who have what it takes and, and the players we've mentioned Sean gomez um Garner, uh greenwood they they potentially have what it takes yeah start getting them in team let's see what they can do just just take the pressure off them all he needs to say some look we're not expecting anything just go out there enjoy yourselves get experience and maybe that will help us um you know into into next season and and maybe then we're starting to build something that, that will actually bring us some success
1: yeah so let's let's move away from uh, a more negative spin, like we have have been doing there with the, with those discussions, and uh, pick up on the other positive that I mentioned earlier. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, yep. more tackles than any other player in the Premier League so far. The the guy's impossible to get past. I I, <laughs> I, I want to see more from him attacking wise, but I'm so happy with him. I that the, the just, wingers hate must hate to play against him. They they really must. Yeah,
0: he's, uh, he's, as I said, uh, I think last week, the guy is basically a bit of a brick wall. He's got this really unique kind of tackling style. Sometimes uh,
1: I feel like he tackles with the wrong foot or what, <laughs> what would normally be perceived to be the wrong foot. Um, and by all accounts, it's clearly the right foot because he's winning all the tackles.
0: That was it against Southampton. I picked up on the same thing. He made a tackle with, he was going back towards uh, our goal. So he's kind of facing our goal and the player is on the outside of him, and he tackles with his left foot, whereas most would have mm. slid him with the right. Um, but as you say, he he, he manages it. He's he's a, he's an absolutely fantastic defender. Um, and, and him and James, and obviously I've got faith that Maguire is going to, you know, start to provide more leadership. That's the thing, is that Oli, I almost feel like he can't win with some of our support, because he's binned off a lot of players that fans wanted to see binned. He's dropped a lot of players that we wanted to see dropped. And the fact that we've only brought in three, um, really three players over the summer, like that is not necessarily his fault. And all those players we think are going to do really well for us. So he doesn't look to have brought in any obvious duffers or players on silly money, like who are past their best. Like the guy needs time. And I've seen a lot of harsh criticism saying, uh, you know, and I've said it myself to a point that that he, he's sometimes slow to react. Maybe tactically, he's not there. But just give the guy a good couple of seasons, and at the very least, at the very least, he knows what I think he wants to achieve, even if he's not necessarily got the the
1: the kind of skill set to achieve it. Yeah, and uh, I, I would I would agree. I think you've got to give him time, and he's. I think he's he's got that goodwill from the fans. And I know some people, I think probably the more armchair reds, um, are maybe getting a bit cheesed off already. But uh, you've got to give him time. And I think, like you say there, he's got rid of a lot of the deadwood. Maybe not as much of the deadwood as we'd have liked, but a lot of the deadwood from, um, from last season that we wanted to see moved on. And he has brought in three good, promising players that look the part. Um, like you say ideally we would have wanted more probably not his his doing that we didn't get more he'd, he'd have obviously wanted more as well uh, but i think we touched on it touched on it in other episodes as well if he, if he's spoken to these players and that these he's identified as being potential signings and they don't have the right answers for him in terms of why they want to come to united then i'm, I'm all for sitting and waiting um i do feel like we need to obviously get out there and do a much better job scouting so that rather than having like six players that we're going for and we end up getting three because three of them don't give the right answers we've got a list of like backups second backups three backup you know a list of five players for each each position one of them is going to have the right answer
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah you know I'm not all doom and gloom at the end of the day We've, like, with our age, you know, um, I was uh, seven years old when we won the FA Cup in 90. Um, I've been incredibly fortunate, and you know, both of us and everyone our age has been incredibly fortunate to see just an unparalleled amount of success. I'm kind of taking this on the chin and just like, I'm a little bit, uh, I know it's the younger fans, it's the millennials who, you know, um, maybe just expect success because of our recent history, but we've, we've just got to be a bit patient. Yeah, it's it's shitty watching City and Liverpool effectively clean up as per last season. You know, you can't think of a, almost a worse scenario than City winning the league and Liverpool winning the Champions League. It sucks, well, yeah. but we, we've got to concentrate on our own thing. And I do trust Ollie to, at the very least, steer us in the right direction. I'm not saying he's going to be our manager for the next 20 years and, and do a Fergie, obviously not. But give the guy a chance. Like if there's anyone we should be criticising, it's the board. You know, keep doing that for what little good it will do. But but give all your chance and give the guy as much support as possible and just try and enjoy what we're watching in the meantime.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And my my dad all the way through. Obviously, I'm a couple of years younger than you, Mike. But I I pretty much remember. Maybe I think probably probably the 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 year that that Leeds pipped us to the the title just before the Premier League as being like the first season that I was that I can kind of recall um being really into football and following it so I've I've pretty much you know grown up through the successful periods like like you haven't been incredibly lucky but throughout that whole period my dad has kept me very grounded because he went through that period between um you know the end of that era with the likes of Georgie Best, Bobby Charlton, etc., all the way through to the early nineties, and that was a period of what twenty-five, six years, where we were sort of like, you know, nowhere to be honest. Um, And I do hope that this period of transition that we're in at the moment isn't going to last that long. Um, But yeah, to a certain degree, I'm kind of taking on the chin as well, Um, because I've been incredibly fortunate, but. The sooner we get back to challenging for things, if not dominating, the better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that goes without saying. And uh, yeah, like I say, let's just I think a bit of patience. We're we're we've gone through the big manager signings, we've gone through the big player signings, that's not worked. Hopefully the board is getting a bit more clued up about what we actually need to do. And let's let's look to the future. And as I say, don't get too down if we're not, you know, top four this season. As long as we're going in the right direction, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. And, uh, you
1: know, uh, I'm off to Holland next month. So, <laughs> happy days. Happy days. <laughs> so, um, speaking of looking to the future, let's let's look ahead to, a, to next Saturday in Leicester. Um, I'm a little bit worried about this game. Um, only because of the fact that what I've seen of Leicester so far this season, I've, I've been quite impressed. Um, and I've not been that impressed with us in the last couple of games. I'm hoping that the international break will, uh, you know, have given us a bit of time to take stock and reassess and go again. Um, I, I, I always want to see us win our games at home. So I'll, I'll be predicting a nice 3 0 win for us. But um, <laughs> I. I <laughs> forever the optimist. But I am a little bit worried. I am. And I think. Yeah. Vardy has the potential to cause his old teammate Harry Maguire a lot of issues with his raw pace.
0: Yeah, um, I will probably, unfortunately, be quite happy with a uh, draw in this, or at least no, that's my opinion. No,
1: no, I'm not, Mike. I'm not saying. Be, not...
0: All right, all right. I'm not. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not saying I'd be happy with it. I I think it may end up being a draw. Um, Leicester are playing really well. They've got some brilliant players. Bloody. Uh, Brendan. Uh he's he's got him playing some good football, mate, and and as you said, we're not playing fantastically, but we're at home. Um whatever difference that makes. Uh I I I want to see his like play just really well. Um but if you want a prediction off me, it's gonna be something along the lines of like two two or something. So uh, yeah, don't ask me.
1: Okay, let's have a let's have a little bit of a different kind of prediction. Do you think that we're going to see any fundamental changes to the starting lineup, or do you think it's going to come from that 13, 14 players Still, that we you used so far?
0: That's my kind of question. So uh, I think he's going to miss um, certain players. I I I don't introduce Lingard or Matic. I uh, I think he's going to go with Pogba McTominay and probably Mata or Pereira at the tip of the three. Um, and then I think we're going to s I think we're gonna see a start from Greenwood. I think we're gonna see Rashford, Greenwood and James.
1: Um and I assume then
0: Rashford in that number nine role. Yeah, yeah. Rashford up front. He's gonna tell him to stay on the shoulder of the last defender, tell him to be on the six yard line when James or Greenwood are putting crosses in. Uh and I would be quite happy with that team. Um I don't want to go over the fact that we've not got a proper number ten, in my opinion. Um, I don't want to go over our deficiencies because we know them. If, if that team was to line up, I would be happy. You?
1: Um, yeah, I'd, I certainly want to see Greenwood get in the start. I'd like to see him in, in, in the number nine role. I really would. Um, if Martial is still unfit, I don't. I don't know if you've heard much about where he's at in terms of recovering from from that injury, but. Um, I don't see any reason why you would move Rashford from the left into number nine when you could just play Greenwood. I'd I'd probably like to see the same front three, but I'd I'd be playing Rashford from the left, James from the right. Although he has done his better games from the left, um, I I will concede to that. And I want to see Greenwood getting a chance through the middle. I don't don't think he is is necessarily um, a wide man, and I think he's the closest thing to a number nine that we have.
0: I, I would I would be happy with that. Uh, it's a lot of pressure um, against a very good side in Leicester. But uh, again, yeah, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Uh, right, I think we should wrap things up there. Keep this uh, a bit short and sweet. Um, we'll be back after the Leicester game. Please do contact us on Twitter if you've got any queries or any comments, any feedback. We're, we're, we're grown men. We can take criticism as well as, uh, you know, all the fantastic uh, feedback we've been getting yeah um, I'm hoping is at...
1: it... sorry go for it mike
0: no go on i was just gonna say uh twitter is at born underscore n underscore red if you do want to contact us
1: yeah and i'm hoping that it won't take us over a week to recover from the leicester game like it has the southampton one and that we'll be uh uploading within the, f- the first couple of days after after that game um i yeah am... that's
0: only because uh, it's, it's an international week and absolutely nothing to do with the fact that you were working late and i was uh, horrifically hung over yesterday
1: um, <laughs> yeah i, I, I did have a lot system. on a lot on at work but uh, uh, that's that's all done and dusted now so I should be back to regular posting uh, i am away in canada um, from next Sunday for two weeks, so we'll be trying the old uh, long, long distance remote thing, Mike. Uh, but hopefully, we'll we'll find the time and uh, the uh, appropriate equipment and software to to get that working working a bit better than um, a couple of our more more recent remote recordings have been. Uh, well, as you know, I, I'm pretty good at long distance relationships, so I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah. Uh, Thanks again for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time on Born and Red. Take care.